0: to another episode of the level Up grappling podcast i am your host ed along with my co-host brian and uh once again thank you all for listening thank you for the support uh without your support this podcast would not be where it's at and honestly coach brian and i just love making these episodes it's it's a lot of fun for us to get together get some awesome guests on the show like we've got today which i will introduce in just a little bit um just a couple reminders um we have, in July 15th, the Snake Pit USA seminar coming up in Mission Viejo, California. We'd love for you guys to come out to that. Again, we've got a special kind of discount uh, rate for all first responders. We would love for to see you guys come out as well. We want to support our first responders. And for those who are in law enforcement, I'm telling you, this is going to be it. This is... This is probably one of the strongest ways to control. I don't want to use the word a suspect, but <laughs> a perpetrator. But either way, it's a great, it's a great, uh, powerful, strong technique um, or kind of system when it comes to that. So July fifteenth, with the master of pain, Coach Joel Bain of Snake Pit USA. Um, this level up grappling is the official podcast of PCI Jiu Jitsu in Mission Bio, California, under the tutelage of Coach Brian. So with that, let's get on to the show tonight. Today, we're talking about stand-up and why it's so important. And uh, tonight, uh, to, I keep saying tonight. I don't know why. But today, we've got a very special guest on, the a judo black belt, mm-hmm. and the bassist of Vinny and the Porcelain, what was it? <laughs> Porcelain guys. <laughs> he oh, <in> <laughs> was our little
1: band when we, had, when we were 14. <laughs> Whatever. I, so I've known Sensei Mike Torrance since yeah. we were like 12, okay? So we yeah. had little bands together. We played jazz band in high school. Yep. So yeah. we're going to try and keep this as succinct as possible because we have uh, – conversation problems where when we start we don't stop but today like ed was saying we've talked about this before start standing or stay home and yeah. what better way to explore this concept and why you guys need to start standing otherwise we've got a big problem than with the sensei of senseis Mike <laughs> uh multiple times state champion in judo and let's talk about it i mean his his uh fingers speak for themselves you can all come and enjoy his arthritic fingers in the san fernando valley you want to come down and train with him in san fernando valley he'll give us uh some info on that and where you can come and uh and learn from him with his glorious skills but uh let's get into it uh ed what questions do you have for the sensei
0: so I don't know a lot about judo. Right? I yeah. now it's funny because my my father did judo in Korea when he was growing up, and you know Koreans call it judo and all this and that. But um, I don't know much about it. My only exposure to any kind of judo has been through Coach Brian. Um, and it might be a little weird for me to call him Coach Brian, but since you guys have known each other for so long, but um, trained on him. and It's interesting because. You know, you always hear uchimata or waza, yeah. and you hear these terms, and it's like, okay, well, to everybody outside, it's like, whatever. But at the same time, I think in what I've learned is that in the grappling world, it, it's, it's a little bit more common talk. It's like, I think at least this way, you may, most people may not even understand what uchimata means or what waza is or anything of that sort, but they just know that, oh, if it's in Japanese, that's judo, and it probably has to do something with stand up. But what I see is that you know, through my jujitsu training in the past, everything was, I started always on the knees. Now I'll give some credit that everywhere that I've trained in Brazilian jujitsu, we've had one of two problems. It was the mats were too thin, so you can't do throws. And, or two, I, I was doing jujitsu in Korea and we were on the second floor. And so the last thing we needed to do was throw people around. <laughs> but that being said, it's, and I, I think that, especially when I run into other, let, I will just categorize it in the sense of jujitsu practitioners or Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners. I just don't hear anything about stand up. Right, the argument has always been, well, eighty percent of fights are going to end up on the ground. Well, Coach Brian made the probably the the most glorious yet dumbest, most obvious statement to me is, well, one hundred percent of us start standing up. <laughs> and so i as a stand-up fighter is my background and then coming into the grappling world like i there was always this gap between stand-up fighting and fighting on the ground i had nothing in between and so to start learning these takedowns um has been quite the interesting journey for me and i would just love to learn more and hear from you like as a judoka as you know a practitioner of really i mean just the expert in stand-up from that, that transition, that gap that I have between standing and on the ground, how does all of that work? And and in a sense, like why why is stand-up so important? Why do you think it's so important?
2: Well, I mean, I, I have to agree with what the first statement is it all, stands, it all starts standing up. Uh, the one thing I'd like to add though is, you know, you have to survive the impact on the ground to be able to fight on the ground. So if I throw you and I wreck your arm, wreck your shoulder, hurt you in another way that incapacitates part of you, are you really going to be effective with your techniques against me now going at you? That's, that's one of the things I was thinking about is you have to also be able to fall, first of all, and yeah. survive that piece, and then we can talk about you dominating me on the ground. So there, there is that too. And that's, that's one of the things that I'll have to say from watching a lot of – because I've tuning training in BJJ, but we get a lot of people in our, in our club that come over from BJJ that want to learn takedowns. And that's one of the first things we need to correct when they come over is how to take a fall. Uh, a lot of them think they can do it, mm-hmm. but to safely do it and protect yourself and have longevity in a, in a standing grappling art, you got to learn how to protect your body. And you got to learn how to protect yourself when somebody's throwing you. And not always cleanly either. Black belts will throw you cleanly, but you're going to be also sparring and, and practicing with other belts at your same level or maybe a little higher. And you got to, one, job one is protect yourself so you can come back to the next practice. And that's that's one of the things we need to break first, because uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I went and trained over at a, a BGJ club close close to us. There, there's actually one school that brings a lot of their kids over to learn judo first, which I always recommend. Hmm. Um, yeah. So they're bringing them over. And I went over there to do do an adult class and I was I was throwing the guy. I was getting thrown the guy and he kept putting his arm out to try to post. I'm like, dude, do not do that. There's plenty of YouTube videos of guys trying to post oh and having the flamingo knee of the, of the elbow happen. So I grabbed, oh. I, I did a double sleeve grip of the guy, grabbed both of his sleeves and then threw him soda <laughs> and put him over the top and made sure he could not post and he let flat on his back. But that's that's another example of there's there's so many things that you need to learn just in the beginning of judo of how to protect yourself and how to take that fall. And that's that's, that's huge.
0: Do you think that, I, 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 find, I find that super interesting because my grandfather was like a sixth degree in Hapkido. And so in Hapkido, they kind of, they also focus on how to protect yourself when you're falling, right? In a sense, impacting, spreading the impact across the body oh, rather than sorry. pinpointing it. So that's something that I've picked up from him, um, which has been very helpful in learning, again, for me, how to fall, how to take the, uh, you know, do and take downs. And in a sense, being a practice dummy in class when obviously we're going back and forth. um, I I find it interesting that you're talking about how you have people who are being sent to to your school or to your club um, to kind of learn these techniques. And I'm curious as to how often do you see when, and I don't mean to divert the conversation, but how often do you see that a, a BJJ practitioner would show up to try in a sense to pick up a few different takedowns and then they're like, okay, I'm good. Versus where they're actually, again, like you're saying, genuinely learning. Like, yes, I understand why I have to fall, like how to fall, protect myself from falling. Cause you know, I thought about it, like I'm, I'm 30, I'm 36 years old. And if I, and I there's really not a lot of opportunities to train in judo where I live. And I think, I think there's one club nearby me, but And most of them are clubs rather than schools that I see. I mean, you know, to to categorize them in that sense. Dude,
1: I teach you judo every day. I know, I know. I'm just saying
0: judo in a traditional sense. Is that it's almost like, can my body handle it, you know, at at this age to start this age versus having started when you were younger, where you understand. And now those principles and concepts are kind of ingrained into you well
2: that's that's what sorry for the double no, no, that, that, <laughs> that. you hit on really two really core things I mean uh, the first thing is judo is not an old man sport it is a rough mm-hmm. damage your body sport and I and Brian and I can both attest to it my my, my body is permanently mangled um yeah. now I'm pretty functional um but they, I I have issues and it's and, you know so we both sacrificed our bodies to the the grappling gods and that's that's mm-hmm. the way it is and you start up. You we start young. You're pliable. You're flexible, and you can you can handle some of the wear and tear. Um, the other thing would be is I would start trying to I'm trying to answer your question <laughs> and do it in a coherent manner. You know, it, yeah. yeah. So, if, but you know, what's crazy is is we get adults coming in to try to learn judo. There's, there's a guy at our club that started uh, his judo career or his judo, judo journey in his 60s, and he competes. It's it's the most incre- incredible thing ever. Uh, he's not nice. flexible at all. <laughs> Um, he's very slow. His reaction time, you know, but he comes to class and he tries to learn and he, he kind of immerses himself, which is, you know, it's hard to do, especially at that age. I mean, I, I can't even imagine doing it at 40 or 50, but coming at 60, yeah. But the, the right time to do it is, is, you know, in your, you know, five, five to 10 range. Um because you'll learn you learn the body mechanics of how to move. you know what, one of the biggest problems that I see with with people trying to transition over to Jiu Jitsu is from from, from jitsu to judo is is the types it's the footwork because there's judo is very, very much into mechanics and physics. So your feet have to be in a way. Your body has to be aligned or you're not making this throw happen or or at least not make doing it in the correct way in an effective way. So the footwork is another piece that's huge that you got to get because that's the basis where you start with your footwork is the beginning of. Are you going to do an ashiwaza, which is a foot, you know, foot sweep attack? Are you going to come in and do kind of a, a throw where you got to do a turning, a turning motion? So you got to have your footwork in play to get into position to be able to load this guy up and then throw him. It's, it is, it's difficult. And I think that's one thing that kind of turns a lot of uh, people that are trying to cross train off is. It's not a short learning curve. It's it's a long learning curve to be able to know. All right, here's where my foot position has to be. Here's where my hands have to be. Here's where I have to off balance and create, you know, this lean in order to get this guy in a position where I can throw him. Because if he's flat footed and he's got a good base, I'm not lifting this guy off the ground. It's not happening. So hmm. so there's there's a lot that lead up to it. And when one of the as an anecdote, because you have to stop me if I go too far, but. Um, no worries. On an anecdote, it, it's I tried to explain it to to a high level BJJ guy. I'm like, all right, so you know how on the ground, you know, you can feel where my weight distribution is. Like if I'm if I'm in your guard, you can feel if I'm leaning, if I'm up too high, if I'm leaning too far to one side, and just by almost it's almost like the force you can I can feel where your positioning is, and I know where to sweep you to take you out and in, in, in wherever you're weak. Same thing standing up, as 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 us high level judoka guys are, I grip you. And i can feel how your body is i know where to attack you and, and and expose you so it but getting to that level takes a really long time and it's probably longer than most people are going to going to invest in doing so as, as i think about all the i'm sorry <laughs> as i think about all the guys mm-hmm. that have come across cross-trained most i would say 90 maybe 95 percent of them if not more do exactly what you just said i'm gonna come in i'm gonna learn a couple of takedowns that i can get somewhat proficient on and i'm out 'Cause I'm gonna use that in my jujitsu life as the one up I'm gonna have advantage over somebody else. But they're not in it to hurt to learn how to do proper footwork. They're not in it to learn, you know, transitions or or even you know, even the general, you know, the general art. They're looking at just to cherry pick a couple of things and go. And there's a few guys that do it have come through and have kind of stuck with it a little bit, but the majority are doing exactly what you said. And it's it's kinda of sad because we're we're really two halves of the same art. Yeah. I mean it's yep. yeah. Yeah, you got him.
1: yeah. It's... Well, to, you know, to to add to that, man, uh, you know, and we've kind of talked about this before, but and we were talking about this with Vlad Kulikov. There's an aversion in the BJJ world to drilling. Yeah. And as you know, within judo, we have drills and we also have micro drills. So how yeah. our foot entries are it's the same thing you're doing it a hundred times over and over and over again and then your hand grips and then how are you lifting the sleeve and this and that so all these micro drills lead to major drills and everybody in bjj is so concerned about just jumping into a fight and rolling around on the ground they have no idea the amount of hours it takes to get your feet in the right position to turn your hips over to know okay i need to look over my shoulder not be facing the person anymore these are things that they don't want to do they are not committed to Because it's not in the culture of BJJ, unfortunately. And I don't know if enough people have the discipline to stop and go, okay, wait a minute. I really need to commit to actual drilling. You know, doesn't matter. In my opinion, doesn't matter if if it's a Taekwondo mat. You can still do dozens and dozens and dozens of judo drills, entries, sweeps, and everything. You don't have to do a high amplitude throw to get really good at your proper positioning and footwork in hand manipulation at judo and grip fighting before you even throw somebody. Yeah. You know,
2: and people don't want to commit. And that's, that's two points right there. I mean, number one is um, we do Uchikomi is the fit is, is the firm for doing a fitment where you're, you're doing repetition. You're, you're building muscle memory. Where you're coming in, fitting into, into their, their body in order to get the beginning of the throw. So you're working on off balancing. So you got, you got your, your kazushi, which is your moving, moving them off balance. And then you've got your fitment coming in and you talk about your footwork coming in. And we do that over and over and over again. So, and we do it. And if you do it right, um, you do it static. That way the basics, you know, where I'm going to need to be, then we start moving you. So you're not, now you're now it's a moving target now instead of being the same thing over and over again you're now doing a quarter turn same thing going in having to having to go and adjust to where his placement is this time and that, where is it this time and then we change up body types all right this person's now two inches taller mechanics changed physics changed now we got to do it this way make the adjustments so it's all a lot of it is it's repetition and also to be able to go and then adjust once once you've mastered just the basic portion of it and then the uh i think what was the other thing you, you, had, you hit on something else that i wanted to go talk about <laughs> and uh i got so focused on the one side uh, to go back um crap
0: we talked about the aversion of drilling yeah
1: um oh yeah we drill well just yeah. like how just like how to set up how to just set up entries you don't need to do ha- high amplitude throws oh, yeah. to get good at your movement
2: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, at some point you're going to have to end, end end up finishing the whole thing, but just just how to how to walk, how to slide across the mat, because that's the other thing too. Is uh, if you watch mm-hmm. how a judoka moves across a mat, he doesn't pick up his feet. He's sliding the entire time. It's almost like mm-hmm. you know you got socks on and you're on a very very slick floor and you're like skating. We're really not picking up our feet at all. That's another piece too. If you don't, if you pick up your feet, now there's this this time and this distance between you and the ground again. That is now an opportunity for me to do something to you. So a lot mm-hmm. of us we're sliding, and and also not touching our feet together. Our feet have to be a, a margin apart because once they go together, I've got a single point I can hit you, and I can take out the entire thing, your entire balance. So it's it's yeah, it's it's a pretty deep thing. It looks it looks kind of simple when you look at it from from the outside. You have no idea what you're watching, but it's there's so many nuances to that portion of it. And that's just, that's you know, just that yeah, there's, yeah, there's, it would
0: be, I think that's a similar theme in a lot of Japanese martial arts, right? So yeah. like I took kendo for a couple years yeah. and in kendo is the same thing. Your feet are always shoulder, shoulder width, and they're basically sliding and they really don't change the positions always, you know, one, one yeah. left heel up. Um, or right heel, I forget which one. Now it's been a while, but you're 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 kind of gliding, you're you're skating over the ground, yeah. and the higher level you get, the more natural it looks. Yeah. And I never even thought about that in terms of judo. That that's that was a principle because I know in, in karate it's similar. When you're going from a front stance into another front stance into another front stance, and whether you're transitioning to back stances or middle stances or whatever, it's the feet are gliding or they're just ever so slightly. The pressure's just taken off. It never it doesn't disconnect from the ground. It's just the pressure's taken right. off and then you move. Right. Right. And so that, that's that's really interesting. And so um my my question is, I, I actually I was just kind of thinking as you guys were talking, um, is that I find it interesting that the, the dynamics of that, and I don't mean to get so political about all the martial arts and stuff. We'll get, <laughs> get to the political. techniques then we'll get there, but it's just interesting because I look at uh, what I mean is like you have people who are willing to dedicate so much time yeah. and energy into their journey. in let's just say Brazilian Jitsu, yeah. right? It takes 10 years, you know, coach Brian always talks about like the people who go from white to blue, right? There's bare, it's, it's such a small fraction. And then it's just basically it's time and people are willing to put 10, 15 years into towards getting their black belts. And yet they'll show up to your judo club to quote unquote pick up, it's not a 99 cent store for judo <laughs> techniques. You know, it's like, they're just going to show up and all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I'm going to learn a throw or two. And now, you know, there, there goes, you know, my game's going to be that much better. I almost feel like that's in a sense. And I don't mean this is their intention rather. It's that it almost feels disrespectful to, to the art in and of itself and to the practitioners as in meaning if I showed up to a judo, so like, I'll admit even fine to coach Brian's point, learning judo from him. Right. I don't under, I still don't understand a damn thing about it. Like I'm still trying to learn footwork. I'm still trying. He'll always tell me, stop squaring up, stop squaring up. So your feet are off your feet are off. And I'm going, what do you mean my feet are off? And, and so to, but it's these little nuances. And I think that's what I do find beautiful about the traditional arts, especially single traditional arts, like judo, you know, like karate. I mean, Pretty much all the Japanese martial arts, traditional Japanese martial arts is how, how singular they are in the sense. But in that, there's so much beauty and in, within the intricacies of the technique. Just even you talking about the foot placement and how understanding the feel, the sensitivity yeah. to feel of balance where their weight is. Right. My yeah. grandfather always told me, I'd, again, I did Taekwondo for like 20 years he always always like, he goes, you, you should never have done Taekwondo. You need to be in judo because I have a, I, I have short legs and I'm torso tall. And so he's like, your balance is better off. You're not, you're not a kicker. You should be doing judo. And so you have a stronger base because of it. And I'm just like, okay. But I find it interesting because it's like you develop that sensitivity. There is process. There is a journey through that art to get to that point point. And I'll kind of transition that into what we were talking about. What I mentioned to you earlier was like, you know, we well, yeah, what degree black belt are you? And you're like, that showdown. <laughs> <laughs> so That's awesome. Yeah. I know, Cause same thing for me in Taekwondo. It's like, yeah, I technically probably should have ended at fifth or sixth degree black belt, but it's like, no, I stopped that second degree. I just never, I was a first degree black belt for like 10, 12 years. I, was yeah. like, I just never had a reason to test to, for what, for, for I mean, as as far as wanting to move up, and I get it if it's a representation of knowledge and experience, and this is a way to demonstrate that. But to to I mean, what was the value in getting a third, fourth, fifth degree? I mean, in, in, in where I was with the American Taekwondo Association, it was like. Oh, grand, uh, master this, and then chief master, then grandmaster, and he. I was like, oh, I don't need all these titles. Like, I, you know, it's not the military here. So, well, you, <laughs> but you, I find it amazing. So. You do
2: bring up a good point. I mean, it's a, it's 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 a philosophical thing of you know why are you in the sport? I mean, are, are you are you a competitor? You want to go out there, go to tournaments and compete. Or are you somebody who wants to learn the the intricacies of of the art and and learn everything? So the the hard part about that, and that's and that gets that kind of in a way, I'll, I'll answer your, your 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 question or comment about you know that I'm still a shout on. Is you know I did it. I got to the black belt level mainly because I was a competitor and I wanted to get into that division. You know, I, I didn't want to have to keep going as a brown belt to my sense saying, all right, can you please sign this waiver saying that I can fight in this division? And, and, and it is kind of a, you know, that, that's a level that we all kind of aspire to go to in all of ours. Right. But beyond that, I mean, there's, like I said earlier, there isn't like there's a second degree division or a third degree division. You're pretty much in the same pool as everybody else. So, you know, I I didn't really look at it from as a younger guy, especially. I didn't really look at it as it, at it from. You know, I want to level up to the next level because that's just going to make you know some somehow the competition side that much better. You know, it just it just didn't really compute that mm-hmm. way. You know, I, I can tell you later in life as I as I get older, I start thinking about things, and I might I might soften on that at that at that idea. Um, but, but yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, that's, that's an internal, you know, conflict for me, really. It's, it's how far do you really want to go? And does it, how much does that mean to you? And, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, no, I think I, 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 I mean, for me, I, I totally agree with you. This kind of, it's, it's the internal thing. I think, yeah, when you, you do see externally, it's like, Oh, you know Edward Kwok, fifth degree black belt Taekwondo versus like Edward Kwok, first degree black belt. <laughs> you know the external perception, yeah. right? They're like, wow, because it's like I don't question, for example, I don't question Coach Brian's expertise, his knowledge, his experience in anything in terms of the grappling arts, right? And so, but I find it interesting is like I, you know, I've been helping a lot with the, uh, with PCI Jiu Jitsu's marketing and stuff, and as you write the bios, it, it's interesting because I'm sitting yeah. going like. Third degree black belt coach Brian Roy, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, and at the end of the day, it's like, what does that mean? Because it doesn't mean shit. <laughs> that means I'm old. Demonstrate Because Coach Brian has demonstrated over and over to me, it's like he understands the principles. And this, yep. as a teacher, this is what he's teaching, so, right? Now, I get it. Public perception is like, why would I want to learn from this quote unquote Shodan, this first degree black right. belt, right? Versus, Versus the six degree black belt down the street, you know, his technique must be that much better. But I see, this is what I find interesting about you being a judoka is like shodan judoka for the number of years that you have been training and you have the same. And it's, it's, it's not to compare that a fifth degree, second degree has yeah. any more or less than a first degree, because I think it is truly the individual's yeah. journey, yeah. right? And so I yeah it's just, it, I don't mean to
2: rant I no, just find no, it's, it interesting. <laughs> you, you bring up you bring up another tangent which is you know is a black belt really a black belt or or what qualifies a person as a black belt? A, a friend of mine um, who's an another martial artist said to me you know a black belt is really it's really tell or is really a sign that you've mastered the basics of an art. You're not an expert. You just mastered the basics and that's it. And then you still have a, another journey beyond that to start like I, I loved uh, coach brian's um, analogy where he talked about uh, the belt system as being kind of like academics where you're learning the grammar you're learning or you're learning the words you're, you're putting together a sentence you're putting together an essay and you're and now you're a published author i think it's a great analogy because
0: thanks for listening
2: to the yeah, show we, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, we, we, we can talk about other stuff I, we're trying to focus here <laughs> but but it's uh and it's weird is is you know, when I go and I, and I travel, I, one of the one of the wonderful things about, about my journey is I've been able to travel and go visit other clubs across the country and actually in, in, in some cases in other parts of the world and, um, and look at, you know, one of the things, one of the first two things that happen when you get on the map uh, Number one, they want to look at you and see, okay, he's got a black belt, but does he really have a black belt? You know, let's see him move, let's see him, let's see him move Kemi and do break balls and do all these other things. And and if he moves like he is, like he's a black belt, then yeah, we're cool. You know, this guy goes over there and he cannot perform a forward roll, Dude, we, we need to, we need to, like, quarantine this guy away from the other people here so he doesn't hurt somebody or they don't hurt him. You know, and I'm sure it's the same thing when somebody comes to visit our place. That's the first thing I do. We watch you through the warm-ups and we're like, all right, all right that guy looks legit. That guy. All right, we don't have to worry about him, all right, who's this other guy? You know, and we go we go from there. Um but it's also even even guys that don't do it black belts. I mean, how much how much time did you you know you present to the craft? How much did you absorb? How athletic are you? You know, there's there's a lot of other intangibles that go along with it, and it makes it hard to tell whether you know a shodan is better than a nidan, who's better than a sandan. You know, it, it's and, and it's just great that we we've got this concept of your own journey because you know where you are may not fit the belt you're you're wearing. I mean, it's it's yeah. a reality. And the one, the one thing, you know, and to go, to go back to the, uh, the master of pain episode you guys had, we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about, you know, how do you, you know, one of the things I, I really, and one thing I, I wanted to ask you guys is, you know, what's, what's, what's a way you, you, you measure your success or how for your progression? Um, because it's different. And, you know, as a competitive judoka, it's, I'm going to tournaments and I'm, I'm going to see how I am against the other guys and depending on the size of the tournament and the draw of the tournament you have a good idea because if you're in a national level tournament you're fighting guys from different parts of the country and those guys are here you're there let's see where you are in this in this criteria if it's a local tournament and it's you versus another dojo or another uh, another dojo, i mean who knows i mean five guys that really are not that good showed up that day and you just happen to be the best guy in that division i mean it's it's from a judo standpoint, that's the way I looked at it. But I, I, I really don't know uh, the BJJ tournament scene. So I don't know if, if that is a similar scene or, or or if it is even a good barometer for where you are in your development. You know, I think you're about to open up a giant Pandora's Pandora. Yeah, well, <laughs> right
1: this this is, well, this is interesting. So here's why I find this very interesting, because, you know, in my opinion, I think in a sense, judo is far more objective than say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. The reason why is when it's Epon, it's Epon.
2: Okay. Well, hey, we we could we could debate that one.
1: <laughs> and we could, I know, but you, but you know, there's a certain definitive, like, okay, let's say they call it Epon. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. Boom, they hit it, and then somebody says, "No, that wasn't Epon, but the ref says, "No, that was Epon, Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's certain definitive, like you know, okay, when yeah. you really grab somebody and you throw them, you can feel where they're at. The thing with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is because it's so diverse in its expression. Once you're on the ground, some people are more like they do the whirly twirly shit. Some people like to wrestle from the top position. Some people are into leg locks. Some people are into arm locks. There's so much diversity in its expression. It's hard to judge. Okay. Well, what level are you really at? Because, You may be in a style of tournament where, because it's points-based, you're going to have people that stall. They're butt scooters. They just sit on their ass. They're going to pull you into their guard. And you're sitting there for five minutes trying to get out of their guards because they're so scared of anything else. Then maybe they lift their ass at the the end to fart, and then they're the winner because their ass lifted higher than yours. (laughs) It's nonsense. But this is the mindset of this this sport BJJ. Well, what made, I do
2: and you, you made a good uh, comment about how you know you might be a purple belt in Bolo, <laughs> but yeah, not, you're you not might be a purple belt in Bolo. <laughs> that doesn't mean
1: that you're a, yeah. a a purple belt in my opinion in yeah. grappling to yeah. me how I measure with the students because 50% of our curriculum every month is stand up so if it's no gi obviously I have more of a greco uh influence. I lean more Greco, so it's the catch wrestling and Greco style if we're doing no-gi takedowns. If it's if we're wearing our gi, obviously it's judo. Um, so 50% of the criteria is stand-up every month. The other 50% is what we're focusing on, the position on the ground. Now, when I'm doing that, everybody starts at zero at the beginning of the month, but because we're only doing one position a month and we're focusing on the same throws for the entire month, everybody gets tested at the end of the month. So what is your proficiency? What is your graduated proficiency from day zero to day 30? That's how I measure. Then what I do, because I'm very open about my students training at other schools, they want to do open mats. They want to go, I go, go. There's a couple places. I don't let them train. Right. I say, if you go there, it's going to make your grappling worse. Uh, You know, or I know a couple black fraudulent black, black belts in the area. I go, Don't go train with these people because they're toxic or they're not real black belts, right? Right. So outside of that, like 90% of the places, I don't care. Go train wherever and then tell me, give me feedback. Most of the time, what I get is they're going and training these places and they're spanking everybody because what we do is a lot more violent. And the thing is, I love the fact that nobody, they have to pull guard on my students because nobody can take them down because their judo is too good. Their, their Greco is too good. Guess what? My my you know my group their their hip entry is so good. Good luck! I'm pushing out enough to go get a double leg on them. You're not getting yeah. a double leg on my students. You're not getting a single leg. Their hip entry is too good. Their 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 grips are too good. Their underhooks, their overhooks, their pinch headlocks are too good. You're not getting out. They're they're not going. They're going to go to the ground if they want to go to the ground. Or you're going to have to pull guard. Yeah. That, that's that's really what it is. So my criteria every month is how well did you digest and rearticulate the material to me from day one to day 30? You already know what you're going to do, because let's say we're working on four things for the entire month and we drill the shit out of it. I have everything organized. It's static drilling. I just basically take my judo path and I put it into this submission grappling. So stand up and ground yeah. is the exact same. So yeah. We have our static. We have our dynamic. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Static drill, static drill, static drill. Then we go into the dynamic. If there's enough time for some live rounds, that's fine. But typically with the live rounds, if we're doing like full on rolling or whatever, I leave that to right before tournaments. I don't do that every day uh, because I think it's very hard on the body and I don't think you need it to be good. I really don't because when they do go roll at other places, people are like, Oh my God, why can't I move this? So when I have like one of my students who's awesome, right, 130 pound girl, five foot three, 130 pound girl, and the MMA fighters can't take her down. okay? And they're going,, well, who is this animal and what what is she doing here? and why does everything she do hurt us?" <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's what I want. Never mind the belt because when we go to tournaments, here's the other thing, which I, I think is a blessing. Every single one of my students medals in tournaments and that's that's a hard thing that's a hard thing to say people will have students that they go to tournaments and they medal great but what percentage of your students actually medal versus oh they just went to a tournament and then you know whatever so uh, what i see a lot of it is is the mental it's the mental training more than the physical i can get you there physically but where are you going to be mentally you know so you know yeah do, if they want to go to a, some kind of national tournament that's fine but i hate the points game i don't like yeah. i don't at the end of the day i don't like the way jiu jitsu tournaments are set up yeah. there's a few that I, i'm okay with but i would much rather my students doing wrestling tournaments or judo tournaments yeah. because i think it's a, it's going to develop their skills more jiu jitsu does the jiu jitsu tournaments in and of itself especially the points based mm-hmm. tournaments i don't think they really develop your skills as a fighter they yeah. they develop your skills as a is a sport competitor for a yeah. particular style. Yeah,
2: because you can play the it cool. the system at that point. Yeah, to, play the the way. System yeah, yeah. it's
1: played too much. And there's a reason why yeah. we spend so much time grip fighting. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why our entries is like, okay, if I'm grabbing your collar, you better sure shit know <laughs> what's going on, right? Yeah. You, you know, we're doing that over and over again. Break the grip, break the grip, break the grip. Yeah. Entry, break the grip, grip. Yeah. I mean, it's ad nauseum. Go everywhere else, they'd be like, Why are you doing that?
2: Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's I the beginning. That's the beginning. I mean, it, it's in, in judo if you can dominate the grips, you have a 90% chance of winning that match because yeah. you're controlling the other opponent's ability to do anything. All they can do at that point is defend you. So if I'm holding yeah. both your sleeves, if I'm holding my dominant grip, you're going to be fighting against what I want to do rather than imposing your will on me. So that's why that's exactly. why it's so key. Yeah. Like the, the grip fighting yeah. is something that you're right. I you know, when I cross-trained, I didn't see a whole lot of grip fighting. It was Man. it was positional. It was all positional. I'm gonna be in this position, I'm gonna defend this way, I'm gonna make you do these things, but it wasn't yeah. controlling where I could grab and how I grabbed. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it really doesn't matter if it's gi or no gi. I mean, they flop around so much. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's yeah. like so popular doing this like the, the the cartwheels and the you know, the spinning under the baron below, all this stuff. I'm like, wait, you do realize how easy it is to stop, right? Why don't you cross face them? Why don't you pin, the, pin their ankle to the mat? Then they don't roll.
2: Everybody's yeah.
1: like, huh? Yeah, it's not that hard. Why are you <laughs> letting them do it? We always talk about, like, in our in our classes, don't agree to the position. Yeah. But that's a, in my opinion, that's a judo mindset. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's, ju- that's just what I learned in judo. That's a judo mindset. Jiu jitsu is just like, oh no okay you have to be nice let's be cool they've had the reggae on fuck that I got metal on and we're going to war you know this is not reggae go smoke a joint outside and then let's just reggae flow around and let everybody do what they want to do bullshit you're not doing anything you don't want to do if I got your grip you better sure as hell do yeah. you better fight that grip off if I'm gripping you you better fight that off otherwise it's going to be a long day for you, yeah. if you... You'd, you'd be surprised yeah. yeah.
2: Now, if you if you look at all the the really high level judo matches, like the the worlds and the Olympics and everything, that's the difference. The difference from a lot of these yeah. matches is somebody who won the gripping game got the other person to make a mistake and it's over. And it, it's and over. and they're and they're both supreme athletes. They're both trained. It's it's that's the margin of error is somebody got a little more control than the other in some way, shape, and form, and then exercised that control and won the match. That's wow. yeah. It's that's why it's so that's why gripping is so important. That's another thing. Like you said, it's something that that. Should be used more in BJJ, honestly.
1: And they they don't, because everybody's, you watch the same thing. Everybody just takes two hands on the collar, tugs, and sticks their ass out. And everybody's, like, bending down, like, in some kind of Baptist prayer center. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Right? You've seen it a million times, right? Everybody's holding themselves out, their asses out, they're tugging like this. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I don't get it. I I just, I don't get it. It's just like... I'm like, okay, you guys don't train stand-up. You don't train stand-up. You don't train stand-up. You know nothing about judo. I'm like, that doesn't work. I mean, it works in that, in that, in that re- little tiny, you know, cosmos of, of that world, of that particular jujitsu tournament. But that's not yeah. a real thing. Yeah. And you would never do that if we talk about this in a self-defense, actual combat format. When are you going to do that? Tug on somebody's jacket and stick your ass out, and then what? Put your foot in their hip and pull guard. Yeah. And really? No. Really? You're gonna do that? Bullshit. I'd like to see you try. Your head will be in the cement so fast you you wouldn't even know what to do. You know? And uh it's 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 unfortunate to me that people don't take this stand up seriously enough. Because in all honesty, I mean I, I may have said this before, maybe not, but even though we do 50-50 in terms of stand up and ground, you know, at our school, I actually think the standing portion is more important. Sorry. Yeah, it's and the beginning. From a kickboxing background and a judo background. I think the standing portion is more important because I dictate where the fight goes.
2: Yeah. And the positioning that ends up and when you hit the ground.
1: Yeah. exactly yeah in the position you, up, yeah. you hit the ground if i can if control you the ground, i'm gonna be on top <laughs> fuck you <laughs>
2: yeah well that's and that's you know they one thing that uh ed i can i can tell i'll give you a little more background on, on the judo side of things so the way we score tournaments there's a full point which is ipam there's a half point which is a wazari they used to have other fraction of points but they got rid of those so in order to sc- score a full point i have to demonstrate control i gotta put you on your back and if i can do that match is over and and the theory behind that is if we're on the battlefield we're both wearing armor if i can stun you by throwing you on your back that's enough time for me to grab a knife and finish you off so the match is over now if i can't throw you cleanly and you land sideways so you land in a way that's not on your back match continues i'm i'm on you and i'm trying to submit you pin you choke you do something else in order to finish the rest of the match so that's why the, the positioning is so important. It is I'm getting you to the ground and then I'm getting in an advantageous position to go finish you off. And that's yeah, the piece mm-hmm. that's totally missing. Mm-hmm. And, and and to be honest yeah. with you, that that's missing a lot of the judo side too, from the competition standpoint, our transitions to meaningful ground game isn't, isn't quite what it, where it needs to be Honestly, If you wanted to look at it from a competitive standpoint or from that standpoint, if it's a, if it's a pure sport, sports standpoint, there's a lot of guys will make the throw, look at the ref and go, Full point? Oh, no, all right, then go. Which is completely, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, should, it should be, I throw you, I don't care, I mean, I'll let the ref stop me. I'm gonna get on you right after yeah. I throw you, and he's gonna no, tell me by no like, stopping me whether this is a full point or not. Uh, you know, and you yeah. see that. That's one of the things that does kind of irritate me a little bit when you look at it, but it's, it's all over, you know, it's a little place. But the, that transitional period is what makes it so powerful, is I, you know, I'm gonna already start, start out on the ground, if I throw you in a position that you're gonna be at a disadvantage, and then I get to work what I want to work on you, and you better be able to send this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What makes when it comes to judo specifically, especially in the stand up? I mean, we talked about the sensitivity, and you were talking about the margin in terms of grip by yeah. having the grip. What makes judo so intricate in the sense of being in terms of the stand up techniques and in of the stand up principles. Because, like I said, you were talking about grip. We're talking about feeling the weight, um, the movement, yeah. and I, I find it interesting because, you know, yeah, I follow several judo Instagram accounts, and as I'm scrolling through, I see, you know, I see them doing the drills back and forth, back and forth, and you know, I see the techniques. Um, and again, because I I only learn things specifically through Coach Brian, yeah. I don't have a traditional. It's not like I'm going to class for judo in and of itself, yeah. right? I'm yeah. not going to judo school. So, what is it about? And I think the reason why I'm asking that is because I'm, as much as I'm seeing and I'm starting to understand the importance of stand up, what is it about having to drill these techniques over and over, having to drill these concepts over and over, and what is it? What are these types of concepts that maybe our listeners can kind of start to pay attention to in in their stand up? You know whether they have a stand-up program or not is that is what should they what could they be paying attention to? And to me, that's where the intricacies of what makes judo so interesting to me so interesting. And again, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to water it down. Like, oh, give us three tips and how to take someone down. This is more of what is yeah. yeah, what is it about judo in and of itself and the techniques that are involved that make it so fascinating in a sense
2: it's, yeah it's hard to distill that down um i mean a lot a lot of your movement a lot of your repetition and your and your muscle memory and everything else go into the fact that you can in a split second execute that you don't even need to think about it it's almost second nature so you get to a point where you're reacting almost subconsciously you, you, your mind just says, all right, he's shifted this much. Oh, the same dog is open. I'm in. And then before you can even think about let's execute this throw, your body's already making the turn, you know, and, and it's going into the throw. And that's, that's where a lot of the repetition repetition comes from is it gets you to the point where it's almost involuntary. It's, 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 a it's just a reaction. Your body and your mind makes to a situation. Cause if you, cause if you have to stop and think about it, I mean, your chances of actually executing that thing it go down dramatically because now there's time that your opponent can react to you and defend you. You know, that, that window of opportunity where they're off balance closes as they regain their balance back. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is is we talk about, you know, positioning, you know, the off balancing, the footwork uh, or the foot placement. It's also the footwork of how you move across the mat. I mean, one of the things we'll do is we'll grab you, and then we'll slide across the mat and make you follow us. And if you start tripping, stumbling, oh, it's it's on because you're not keeping up, and your footwork isn't up to par, and that's that's another opening. If you're off balance and you can't keep your feet underneath you and move at the same same speed, you're going to get thrown. It's that is, you know, that is the way it's going to be. Um,
0: I, I always found judo defense to be quite interesting, especially in competition. Right? Watching watching so, especially the the what's most readily available for me was like watching past Olympic matches. Right. And it's just fascinating to me. Like you're right. It's a, it's a perfect way of describing it is these windows of opportunity. And in a sense, because judo, I think you're saying with all the drilling that becomes so instinctive, right. Second nature instinctive to have the instinct to defend the attack is fascinating to me because I think I forgot who it was. It was a heavyweight match Korea versus uh, it might have been japan and obviously there's this japanese korean rivalry especially yeah. within the martial arts at that level and so it was just interesting to watch these i mean he- i'm a heavy guy so like i always watch the heavyweight fights i want to know how big people fight <laughs> <laughs> but at any time somebody one when one of the uh the judokas were trying you you see them trying to go for something right they're 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 moving they're they're in a sense that that fast action that's twitch muscle just yeah. gets them right into the position and all of a sudden boom immediately there's a defense yeah. like i can't even fathom yeah the amount of time and training that is involved to even get to that level of like even even for me in grappling when if you know if i'm especially if i'm with coach brian like I think I'm moving fast, but to him, he's like, this guy is a turtle. Like, <laughs> he's taking 20 years to think about what he needs to do next. And then he'll always say, I'm just sitting here. I'm comfortable. And it makes me, it makes me go nuts. Cause I'm like, what do you mean you're comfortable? I'm trying to move around as fast as I can. But to, to both of you, it's like, you guys have that level of expertise and like, you know, yep. I may have it a little bit more on the stand up side in the sense of like if someone's trying to throw a specific back kick at me, I know exactly when timing wise to put my foot on the back, the, on, on the guy's butt and cancel a kick. Yeah. That's not a problem. But judo, on to me, is like a whole other thing. And so I think I find the importance of stand up and I really I never really appreciated that until I got to PCI. And I don't, again, I say this in every show, I don't mean that as a commercial, but is yeah. that until I got there, I never understood. Again, that gap between stand up and the ground, as far as takedowns go, as far as stand up, even grip fighting, that was a whole yeah. other thing. You know, to me, it was just like, oh, just grab whatever is available, grab here, hold on to it, and it was always death grip, hold on to it for dear life, don't ever let go until Coach Brian's like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not an advantageous position to put your hand in. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense for why am I going to grab the lower end of your gi? You know, if if the top collar is available, yeah. you know, like why? it's it's just interesting to have to have gone through that process and and i think i have a high appreciation for judo because of that it's like watching judo matches now it's like oh okay this is interesting um but yeah i i personally again from my experience yeah a lot of people just not practicing stand-up not on un- i think and i'm really hoping through this episode that a lot of people are understanding the value of it and obviously you're coming from that specific art percentage and again, us being in the on the grappling side, or on the, I'd say if we're talking Brazilian jiu-jitsu, being on the ground side of it, it's like yeah, they they rarely ever touch it. It's kind of the only thing I was ever taught was put your hands in front of your head and dive right in. For the best. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> so, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's 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 awesome. Yeah, um, it, I think that. But one, go ahead. Yeah, Tommy. one of the things
2: I was going to say to you is you. Have- um, and that is posture and defensive, you know, what you do as a defensive move versus an attack also comes into play. And how a lot of that and we gain, you know, the, in my in my in my thought process, the way I think we gain that is by doing Rondori. Rondori is the free spar that we do stand up. Um and we actually, we will Rondori on the ground, too. We're rolling the ground, too. But it's usually one or the other. It's usually every once in a while we'll do a transition from standing to the ground. But it's how you you develop the movement. You know, you, you're going to get thrown. Especially as a beginner, you're gonna get thrown a lot, and you're gonna learn where to put your body so that you minimize getting thrown. Get minimize getting in bad positions. Learning how to defend a throw that's coming in it may may not break your 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 balance, and then be able to go and cancel. it. Like you said, put your foot out there and, and cancel that kick. You know, like but there's a lot of throws that I cancel with my hip. Where if you come in and I'm gonna hip check you, and I'm gonna pretty much stop that throw right there. And so there is a lot of other nuances on the d- defensive side, but it, but I have to be able to recognize what technique you're coming at me with to be able to cancel that, that technique. That's that's mat time. That's mat time, and that's time sparring and and in repetition. It's yeah. It's it's a deep art. It's and it's. I, I think all the arts are deep. It's just. You know, you got to kind of, like we are talking in the beginning, you got to jump into it and spend some time in order to get proficient and understand those nuances.
0: I feel like too many people approach it as deep as a sheet of paper. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'd have to say that probably wrestling gets a worse rap because, you know, <laughs> you know, you think about, oh, how many text techniques could there really be? You know, there's a lot of them, dude. Come on. You know? yeah. The other cool thing is, yeah. if you look at it, there's a lot of there's a lot of collegiate wrestlers who were all judo guys that went over there and took, because and, the mechanics are very similar. It's, you know, you know, um, yeah, very yeah, very similar. So it's like uh, when uh, when he said, uh, your guest said that you take the gi off and now you're now you're catch wrestling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's because because physics physics don't change art to art. The physics are always going to be the same. Yeah. The laws of gravity, yeah. you know, they're not going to change. You know. So it's just how you apply them. Whether you have a gi or jacket on, you know, whether you you, know, you don't have a jacket on. That, that was one of my biggest pet feeds is people, you know, people. And this, this is where I, I, you know, we talk about Instagram. You know, I look at those videos, but I don't look at it for the video content. I look for the comments because I really, I want to be entertained.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and my
2: favorite, my, you, you want to tell me that, you know, you don't know nothing about judo. Have have a comment and say, look, hey, that doesn't work with, without a jacket. I'm like, you kidding me? you think i can't grab your (laughs) wrist and throw you seriously or or any of the other physicians you know ways i could i could suck you in and and take you out i mean yeah it's no if you understand it goes back to we were talking about it if you can understand the concepts and how your mechanics are being used then it's just semantics how do i how am i going to suck how am i going to get close to you how am i going to control your body is it with a grip is it with you know an underhook is it that's you know, it's all the same stuff once you get to that point. It's, yeah. If, if you really want to make me crazy, just say, yeah, yeah. Juno doesn't work without a geek.
0: Sensei Mike Torin, challenging the world.
2: <laughs> Don't wear a jacket. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> Let us show you what we, what can we can do. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know, I mean, to be honest with you, sometimes I'll, I'll show people that on, on the battle, you know, we'll do like a subtle guard, right? A guard is a great example. Uh, because you have to you have to show off balance. You have to you have to show Kazushi to really do that throw. You gotta get all yeah. the way balanced onto one leg where the whole body shifts over. Because if you don't get that, you're not gonna be able to really execute the throw. And a lot of people have a hard time with, you know, your your lapel grip and your sleeve grip getting people to move. So I said forget that. You know, grab a wrist, take the other hand, go over the shoulder, almost you know almost like a Koshiguruma headlock to get them over. Then get your hip through. Because at least then you get them off balance they're leaning and you just have to take that one leg out and it's over so just don't even don't even worry about i mean from a mechanic standpoint don't worry about where the grips are worry about where you're positioning your your opponent's body you yeah. yeah. get that field down first let's add the grips back in because i want you to get the grips part but i want to show mm-hmm. you as an example what to do first and how you don't even need the key to do this so it's yeah, but but again, once you once you understand mechanics, you can apply it to you know, not having to.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, prime demonstrations. One of the things that I used to watch is when I was younger is when when YouTube was first starting off is uh, and it's a little bit more popular now is South Korean police officers <laughs> because because they a lot of them judo is a part of their training yeah. right yeah. martial arts is part of their training and judo is a big one same with kendo and stuff like that yeah. but if I were to use the Korean terms judo and komdo, but yeah. They'll train and then there are plenty of and because it's a CCTV country where everything's based on security cameras, they catch a lot of footage. It's quite interesting is that they they're not wearing jackets, they're just wearing their little shirts or whatever, and the same thing with the people outside. And then yet when there's some drunkard doing things inappropriately and starting a fight, you have this South Korean police officer who barely has a five-round pistol, nothing, you know, nothing crazy because firearms are illegal there. Well, just boom, throw the guy over, no problem. So you don't need a gi. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't need no. a gi. You really
2: don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, you know the crazy thing is—I um, mean, I don't know if it still is—but judo was the second most practiced sport in the in the world behind soccer. I don't know if it still is, but I mean, if you look at Japan, I think it's—it's it's like a high school, you know, sport. Like like we have football, mm. baseball, and basketball. No, oh, you got judo too. And um, the amount of people that are actually—that was actually—that you know, was—that was one of the things I didn't—I didn't know if we wanted to veer into that that realm of things. Um, I know, Brian, did you see the thing where Khabib was talking about he'd rather have a, a judo Olympic medal than have a wrestling medal? Yeah, and, and he yeah, ta- yeah. And he yeah, I saw about, that. And he talked about yeah because. Yeah, how many countries are are training and sending their top guys to this level of competition versus this sport versus this sport? This is the total reason why. And then, and then again, because we all want to be entertained, we go into the comments and we're like, at us, uh, people going back and forth at each other. Go, no, no, no! It's really this. Look, the level of skill on this side is, even though you've got more practitioners, the level of skill higher. And I'm like, come on, guys, seriously, so it's all entertainment at that point. <laughs>
0: Oh, I I, really—I just saw one with uh, the UFC had launched, put out an Instagram story about UFC One or something, and I sent it to Coach Brian because if you read the comments, it's like the Gracies. This why is he the only one in the gi? And it's just it's just back. It was like you can see how great, amazing BJJ is. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's more entertaining than the video itself. I was just I was like, I I literally sent it. I was like, read the comments.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's so annoying. I mean, you know, we look. I mean, if if I know there's so many people out there. There still that are bamboozled by the infomercial that was you know the initial UFCs you know I've I've talked about you know I was because you know back in the day when we had the black box and we could watch the stuff from Japan like so I saw shudo way before UFC I wasn't impressed and you know whatever and I was doing judo so what, what do I care about it was bullshit they they rigged the whole thing it, it is what it is but we talk about okay they intentionally didn't allow wrestlers into the initial UFCs. They refused saying it's not a martial art. Okay. (laughs) Total bullshit, but whatever. Fine. Imagine. And even when we were talking to Vlad Kulikov about it, pick any one of those NCAA champion wrestlers, you put them in there, even if they didn't have a week of defense experience of submissions, you telling me they wouldn't have smashed, they would have smashed. Then yeah. I said, I said to Vlad Kulikov, I go, you're telling me Alexander Karelin, who's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, put him in there, you don't think he would have murdered Royce Gracie? <laughs> it would have been a murder. It would have been a murder. Come on. Oh, man. This is like, you know, you guys, this, this goofiness of the the, it's seductive, you know, yeah. it's, it's, there is a seduction to, oh, you're on the ground. You look like you're in a feeble, s- surrendered, weak position. But magically, you're going to turn your hips, open your legs, and you're going to choke somebody from the bottom or armbar yeah. them. Oh, my God. Okay, well, guess what? That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. That went bye-bye. That doesn't <laughs> work in a fight. There's a reason why sport jujitsu guys do not succeed well in MMA anymore. It's just it's not a thing. You know, yeah. these guys try and do these sports spinning techniques and all this stuff then they get knocked out why uh well let's see people learned how to defend that after about a minute and then <laughs> yeah. they got that better stand up learning their base properly and you know at the end of the day the person who dictates the stand up yeah. dictates where the fight goes you know and not to get into this battle or argument between wrestling and judo and stuff like that i see it hand in hand yeah okay i i, I don't i I I don't I'm not so much the differentiator where somebody says, oh, judo's superior wrestling. Look, it's stand up. It's grappling that starts standing. So whether or not you are gripping with cloth or you're just gripping with your hands, it's the same shit. It's important. And that's what dominates a fight, period. That should be the end of the discussion. That's what dominates a fight. How you, you start standing or you stay home. It annoys me to no end. And by the way, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, Instagram gives me shit for when I post, start standing or stay home. (laughs) They tell me I'm bullying. They tell me I'm bullying the audience. Remember, this is a safe place and you shouldn't be bullying people. Watch your comments. I'm like, dude, all I said was start standing or stay home. But apparently me saying to the grappling world that you should start standing in your roles and in your training is offensive It's patently offensive where they want to ban me from Instagram, and I keep doing it once in a while. I don't say it too much anymore. Now I just say mechanics over attributes because that way, okay, that's less offensive, but apparently it's very offensive to include judo and wrestling into your um, Mm. sport BJJ
0: what if you put have covid stay home
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to ban you for that oh, wow. Wow. this does not meet the criteria of medical anyway. uh, yeah. oh my god Hey, That's... you want to you want to ask torn the uh the yes. superstition <laughs> yes, so we have oh, a uh... <laughs>
0: if uh, yeah if you've been listening to our episodes you know about this this is the uh steve silver's superstition inquisition just out of curiosity do you have any superstitions is, i mean specifically to judo or just in general favorite gi favorite way you tie your belt you have to put your left leg in first into the
2: gi pants <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be very boring and say no i <laughs> <None of> that <laughs> I I, you know, the, oh, I was God. trying to think about the, the things that I did and you know when I was competing and yeah I don't you know I don't think there was any ritual that I had and it's funny I watch other guys with them like there's there's a couple of guys I used to watch that you know as soon as they stepped onto the tatami you know at the tournament they'd have to do like the, the dog foot scoot after, <laughs> after they, oh you know, yeah, yeah. And they do the dog foot scoot and then they go over to the line they bow and they get into the, into the into the ring I thought that was good and then there's a couple of guys they do the pat down you know, and, you know if somebody mm-hmm. should do an instagram yeah. Yeah. or a youtube video short where it's you know the five ways that judoka gets out of the map before a tournament and <laughs> you'll find at least five common you know little rituals i never did any of that. i just i got there you know i looked across <laughs> the mat could step on bowed, got in there and did my thing and you know you know, yeah. <laughs> either got crushed <laughs> or crushed somebody one of the two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so how's that for your foot sweeping?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and some of those guys were really awesome. good, which is which was, yeah, you couldn't really do that. It was like, yeah, that totally worked. Maybe I should start foot, you know, foot sweeping before I get on there. It might actually help me. Who knows? <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome! I mean, there's, that's there's awesome. Mike. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Um, tell
1: really tell everybody where you can be found if they want to come train with you. Yeah, if you want, if you guys want to come
2: train. Um, we're, we're at San Fernando Valley, you know, uh, in the heart of the San Fernando San Fernando Valley. Uh, it's uh, pretty much off uh, of Brantford and the five freeway to Clement. So, we've got a giant mat, one of the bigger mats in the country, and I, I visit a lot of dojos out there. There's only a few that have a bigger, bigger practice space. Uh, we'd love to have you. We're pretty open. That's, that's the one thing I was going to tell you about judo in particular is, you know, when you travel, you travel like I did and you got and visited other other places, always welcoming me in. I mean, it's, you know, there, there might be a mat fee. The 99 times out of 100, we're going to charge you. You know, they're, they're happy to see you, happy to welcome you into, into the community. And in a lot of ways, you know, if you're a black belt, they want, you know, they'd love to have you show something. If you're not a black belt, they'd like to show you something, you know, you see something a little bit different because everybody does something a little bit different than each other. So, so the, that's the one thing that I got to say um, from, from that standpoint is the community, the judo community is very welcoming for everybody. BJJ, wrestling, come on in. We're, we'd like to share with you. Almost to a fault, to be honest with you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love it.
0: All right. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for the invitation. I think Brian, Coach Brian, and I will have to come up sometime.
2: Is it that, or I'll come down? (laughs) But but coming up would be actually really really cool if you guys could do it.
1: Well, I I still need. I I still have an amplifier. That totally different topic that I need to bring up. So if he's around on Sunday, I may be uh, driving over to his house, uninvited, and bringing over my PV Invective so
0: So since (laughs) since we're an audio podcast for those of you guys who don't understand what's going on is behind mike and then the room that he is in yeah sensei mike he is surrounded by guitars and amplifiers and i know that coach brian and and mike both uh sensei mike both um are big guitarists and musicians and so i play the bagpipes (laughs) (laughs) so it's totally off random but um that's that's what they're talking about so we'll Maybe we'll have uh-huh. to head up. We'll, we'll use the amp as an excuse to come on up. And train, so. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thanks oh. so much for being here. And again, everyone, Sanibal.com forward slash PCI jujitsu for 10% off of any of your orders. That helps. Um, that helps this podcast that helps support uh, PCI Jitsu. And again, if you guys are ever in mission VAO, California, come on by for uh, for a class. So with that, thanks everyone. Thanks Mike. Thank you for having Thank me. You, Sensei Mike. Thank you, Brian. We'll, uh, Catch everybody on the next one.
1: Thank you. All right.